Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, guys. Angie, you're so beautiful. <laughs> I just wanted to make you laugh right in the beginning. Anyways, I just appreciate my wife so much. Today, we're talking about cultivating proactive learning in your home. And it's just been so fun to do this together as a team in the last few years. It's just been incredible for our marriage, hasn't it? It has. And it's been good for the kids, too, especially as of late, since they've been participating in, in uh, producing some podcasts. Yeah, that's been such a good experience for them. Kids Mm -hmm. episodes on Fridays. So uh, that's been pretty cool. So, hey, we have a couple updates. There are some new things coming that are really exciting. Now, the good of Courageous Parenting, Courageous Mom, Resolute Man is all still remaining, meaning the Parenting Mentor Program, the Homeschool Blueprint, all these things. Mm -hmm. But there's some really new, exciting things coming that uh, we just want your prayer for Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, encourage us on. Uh, We're trying to get feedback. So if you hit the survey in our Instagram bios, that would be great to answer some questions. You can also get a behind the scenes look at what we're up to. We may or may not do all of those things in there, but we're getting your feedback and it's helping us make decisions. We've already made some decisions based on that feedback because together we impact 1 million families and their legacies. There's a movement we're doing together. So, and by the way, every time you share and all that stuff, it really helps the movement too. But I want to dive into this. Um, This topic makes a massive difference in parenting, doesn't it? It is. I mean, a lot of people might hear the title, Cultivating Proactive Learning in Your Home, and think, oh, is this just for homeschoolers? And I just have to say something, you guys, regardless of if you are teaching your kids academically at home or not, you are a teacher in their life. They should be learning things from you. All of life is learning. And don't we all want to see our homes a place where learning is cultivated, where our kids understand that life is a process of learning. They see it modeled and they're encouraged to have a teachable heart. So So this, this podcast will help you if you're homeschooling big time, because I know that a lot of parents do struggle with their kids having a teachable heart or even having the desire to learn things. Um, So obviously if you're homeschooling, you're going to like want to get your journal and take notes. But this is something that I think every home, regardless of if they're doing academics at home, needs to listen to. And regardless if you're homeschooling now, we all need to be equipped for that possibility based on the pressures and decisions made by the world governments, not world governments, but the world and governments around us. So that's really important. So this is a huge difference maker. Have you ever looked at somebody uh, or maybe you admire them and wow, they can just seem, they seem to be able to figure anything out. They seem to be able to always find the answer. They don't occupy all the answers in their head necessarily, but if they're given a problem, they can figure out how to solve it and they can figure out how to look up things and discover things. And they really are delighting in learning for the purpose of helping people or building something or doing something or writing something. So that is what can happen to all of your kids, despite 
how they're wired. Some kids are wired more academically and some are more doers in this world and, uh, you know, action oriented and things like that. And there's all in between. And that's a very general concept. But here's the thing. Don't we want all of our kids to be proactive learners? In today's uncertain times, I think it's required. Right. I mean, you and I have even, and this was way before things were the way they are now. I mean, when we first got married, you guys have heard me share my personal testimony of um, growing into becoming a homemaker and a stay-at-home mom that is really embracing the roles and jurisdictions and um, just needs of my family. Like, for example, being the doctor, like I view myself as Dr. Mom, like I'm the first responder on the job, when there is a scraped knee, when there's a a head bonk, when there's a cold, when there's whatever it is, like I'm the first responder. And so I need to not only be prepared like emotionally and how to be calm and how to take care of things and to lead my children in being calm and confident, but I also needed to learn. Like I needed to go and invest in getting books and learning these different things, whether it was using herbal tinctures, using teas, oils, whatever it was. It wasn't like I just knew how to use those things. And so really, you guys, like we've been married 22 years. I have not always loved learning. Have you always loved learning? No, I would say not. No, but I would say that when we got married and... Things became real personal, real fast. Yeah. I realized I have a lot of things that I want to learn. I want to learn how to cook. So I bought cookbooks. I wanted to learn how to garden a few years after we got married. So I bought books on how to garden. I would and- say it started for me when I was 19. But up until then, it was very much um, not. I wanted yeah. to, I desired to, but I didn't really know how to apply myself. Right. And I mean, we both went to college. And so like for me, I chose a major that I was very interested in. So I liked learning. But then when you get into school and they have you reading all these extra things that maybe you don't necessarily like, then once I was outside of that, that was actually where my love for learning started to thrive when I realized I can learn whatever I'm interested in. And that is what we're talking about today regarding how to cultivate proactive learning in your home. So it starts with you. That's why I wanted to share part of my testimony because I want to ask you a question. Do you (laughs) love learning? And here's the second question. Do your kids see you have a teachable heart? Do your kids see that you love learning. I love it when uh, kids ask me a question I don't know and we just look it up together. We did that I think this that morning. Demonstrates the love of learning. Yeah, there was I really couldn't think in my head. I was reading scripture to the family and I literally came across a word. It was the only word I didn't quite understand how to define. Because when you have little kids in front of you, tip at the table with the Bible, yep. you got to define words. And meekness. Mm-hmm. And I go, I really don't understand that word. Like, understand it. You could give a few words that maybe are synonyms of it. You guys might be like laughing at me. You don't know what meekness means. Well, describe it right now. You know, maybe you can. Maybe you're smarter than me. You probably are. But anyways, (laughs) we we look it up and then we discussed it together. I go, oh, I love meekness. Oh, that's gentleness. We need to work on that. That's so important. And it came right after the word humility. And the Bible is perfect in word order. So 
it was a, that's a reason for that. It was a super encouraging passage of scripture. But anyway, I mean, that just that example of um, being aware that your kids don't always know the things that you know, and to slow it down and ask them and go, hey, who can give me the definition of meekness? Who can give me the definition of humility? Who can give me, like, who can describe what this word means to the younger siblings? And then sometimes you find out that even the older kids they may know what the word means in relation to like how to act it out or how to be a certain way, but they may not be able to articulate or communicate with other people in a way that describes what that word means. And so this is, this is a perfect example of what we're talking about, right? Like how do you teach kids and cultivate a proactive learning environment in your home. And one way is by being humble and meek in your own self in regards to learning in your home. So for example, being at the table, what if Isaac just read through that scripture going, I kind of know, I I understand what meekness is, but I'm just going to I'm just going to bulldoze through this. And I'm not going to slow down for all the other people here at the table. We're going to get through this scripture. Instead, <laughs> being conscientious yeah. of the learners at our table and being introspective and going, in this moment, I don't know if I can fully define it. Hey, guys, do you guys know? Hey, okay, let's – and then mom's sitting there as the sidekick, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like looking it up so that I can actually like make sure we're teaching – exactly what it means. And then we end up having this great discussion about it. And so that is a perfect example of one way that you can not only show kids by modeling a humility, because you can't like learn things unless you have a humility to understand that you need to learn something new. So, And so there's that modeled, but then you're also showing them one way to learn something by looking something up in the dictionary or whatever. We've already talked about so much, but we have five points for you guys. So number one is consistent encouragement. Mm-hmm. This is how you create proactive learners in your home that launch from your home, continuing loving learning and being proactive about it on their own initiative. Mm-hmm. And it's so important these days. And so it really takes consistent encouragement. You might think you're encouraging because you've encouraged them, But it really takes consistent. You have to check out the last episode about consistency. Mm -hmm. But it really takes consistent over and over and over again encouragement. You know, it's interesting. The last podcast, we talked a lot about consistency in parenting in regards to like teaching your kids to be uh, disciplined in how they live, but also in being obedient and um, expectations you have as parents. But we also did mention that it's in regards to all things in relationships, yeah. like being consistent into pouring into relationships, being consistent as an encourager. And regarding cultivating a proactive learning environment, if you don't have consistency, you will not have a proactive learning environment. What you will have is sporadic spurts of a learning environment. And so if you want to actually have a proactive learning environment, it cannot exist without consistency. And so uh, it's a, in regards to encouragement, here's an example. Maybe you've encouraged your kids in um, how good they are at spelling. Maybe you've done it a handful of times. Well, have you sat down on a regular basis and said, hey, you're really good at learning and brought that specific um, encouragement to them in regards to many different categories of life, not just spelling? 
Are you looking for the encouragements that you can bring up? Like, for example, our daughter right now is in the house baking a cake Mm because it's dad's birthday and she wanted to make him a cake. And I just was in there and I saw her doing her magic and I just... I took a moment while I was grabbing this water to say, hey, you're really good at this. And I knew that she needed it because she's really good at cooking and things like that, but she doesn't bake as often. Mm -hmm. Really, our oldest daughter was more of the baker, wanted to be baking all the time. And it was interesting because her response was like, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and she kind of like perked up a little bit. And so, um, you know, I think that we all need encouragement at times. And even if we tell people that they're good at certain things, we still need to hear it, right? Like they, our kids still need to hear encouragement. So when they're little, one of the best ways to get your kids to be consistent in doing their chores, for example, is to encourage them. Well, if you want to have a proactive learning environment, You need to encourage them when they're learning things. When you're sitting and teaching them phonics, you want to be encouraging them and say, you're really good at remembering your letters. Mm. You're really good at remembering your numbers. Mm. You're really good at, and isn't that fun? Oh, wow, you remembered that blend or that digraph? Good job. Yeah, Solomon today told me, Dad, I can write my name. And I'm like, you can? You've got to show me right now. (laughs) He's like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> and he goes over and he gets his, and he, he's kind of scrambling because I was so excited and he's trying to find out where it is. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, he goes, and then he, oh, oh yeah, here's my workbook. And he opened it up and sure enough, it has the lines, you know, for little kids. And, he, and it said Solomon, just real nice. And I'm like, whoa, that's so big. You're good at that. Mm-hmm. And he was just beaming. That's right. And so we need to remember that like our encouragement has more power than we realize, right? Because then Solomon kept practicing his name. What you don't know is that he kept writing it over and over and over again, which is what you want to do. And so encouragement is the most, I would say probably the most important of all the things that we're talking about today, just because kids get, you know, they get in their, they get those lies in their head that they're not good at things just like we do. And so we need to be encouraging, but we also need to remind our other kids to encourage one another because we can't always be there to do it. And sometimes as adults, when a kid says something, it seems so small to us or it can. And we have to remember that what's small to you is huge to them. Mm -hmm. And they're in a different place than you are. Your whole capacity and experience in life is completely different. If you were in their shoes you would be blown away excited that you wrote your name. But to you, that's so trivial, or it could be. It could be if you allow your selfishness to set in and your agenda to get in the way. I mean, sometimes we need to slow down. And remember where where they're at. Yeah. So we give the appropriate encouragement. You know, the, the last thing in regards to encouragement that I really want to exhort you with as a parent is a is another question. Do you believe that your child can blank? When I put a blank, you just put whatever dream your kid has Mm. there. Do you believe Johnny can be a top basketball player? Do you believe Susie can learn to sew or knit when she's six or seven? Do Mm. you believe that Amanda can bake muffins with you and and do a really good job. Do you believe that your kid can do their chores without you having to do it with them? 
I have a, by the way, I just have to share this. It's such a good point, Angie, because in the news today, a 19-year-old just uh, got voted into the school board of the school he just graduated from a year prior because he was so infuriated how the school board allowed COVID to destroy his academics in his school experience. And I just was like, this is so cool. That kid believes he can do things. His parents must have encouraged right. him yep. consistently. Yeah. The, and believe that he is capable of doing that and having impact. I think it's powerful. So remember that. Like, remember with – this is – with every kid, I don't think that it matters if they're young or old more so, but with your older kids, especially like they need to know that you believe in them. Like even just doing the podcast with the kids, right? Like some kids are more natural at mm -hmm. doing it than others. And so for the ones that really don't believe that they can do it or do a good job or whatever, you have to believe in them. Mm -hmm. Like you have to pump them up. You have to remind them of who they are and that they're good at the thing that God put on their heart. And, and so that I just think that with each person, we need to remember that you know, we all struggle with believing in, in ourselves or, and it's not even believing in ourselves. It's believing in God in us, mm -hmm. that we could make impact, that we could be successful, that we could accomplish the thing that we want to accomplish. And I think that kids need vision. They mm -hmm. need um, ideas sometimes. Like if our kids ever say I'm bored, they know that they're going to get a job of some kind. Mm -hmm. But it's not just about jobs, right? Like I remember there was a season where I felt like Ethan was not saying I'm bored because he didn't want me to be piling on chores, but I could tell he needed something more productive and something that he'd be proud to learn to do. Mm -hmm. And then Isaac encouraged him to be doing more woodworking type stuff. And so he started like building his little sailboat thing that he then was um, floating down the river. And now he's like learning how to make other things and whittle other things with wood. And, and it, my point is, is that like, we have to believe in our kids and then teach them some basic skills so that they're doing things safe, right? Like mm -hmm. he had to learn how to use a pocket knife or whatever. Um, and now he's just having so much fun with building different things. All right. Our second point is we've got to model it. And to lead off, I think we have a scripture. Right. So we actually had um, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. So I, I love this scripture. It was in regards to what we were just talking about yeah. regarding encouragement. And I think that it's important that we are remembering that this applies to family mm -hmm. first, like everything applies to our first jurisdictions first, yeah. but it says just as you are doing. Yeah. I think a lot of times we, when we're reading through scripture, we can get encouraged by the first part, which says encourage one another and build one another up and you go, oh yeah, that's really good. But mm -hmm. the rest of the sentence is just as you are doing, which is an assumption that you're doing it already. And so we should always be encouraging one another. So the next point that we're going to talk about is modeling it. This is super important. Obviously, like you guys, if we have a teachable heart, if we are modeling for our kids what it looks like to learn new things, yeah, they're going to be much more open and have a softer heart attitude towards learning, right? Yeah. If we come across as callous and we know it all, and we don't ever need help, mm. and which is really just prideful, 
then guess what our kids are most likely going to be? They need to see what learning looks like. And so if this is one of the best ways to cultivate, I mean, if you're talking about cultivating a proactive learning environment, if your kids see you reading the Bible, guess what you're going to potentially see them doing when they're older, right? If your kids see you pulling out gardening books and learning Mm -hmm. new things and, and talking to them about it and going, oh, I just don't know. Last year's garden didn't really work as well. So I'm looking to see if we need to like do a crop rotation so we can get more nitrogen in the soil. And they start going, oh, Mm. whoa, what? And you're like, yeah, it just didn't work as well as it would have. And I'm learning about this. Imagine your kids going, oh, mom's still learning something. She's got a book out. Yeah. A lot of people, even the smartest people, the people that are active learners and they're older in life, you often hear them saying things like, the more I learn, the more I realize there is to learn. Or the more I realize, I don't know. There's all these quotes out there of these really intellectual people. And I think that our energy gets diffused when we're not learning too. Mm -hmm. Just seeing people go through the parenting mentor program has been extraordinary how God is using that to stir up in people uh, Mm -hmm. ideas and a fresh look at their parenting and a realization of, you know, where to prune some things and where to add some things. And to realize that they're not doing it alone and to keep on keeping on. And get right? that encouragement too, because yeah. we need encouragement. Mm-hmm. So in Luke 640, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So do you want your kids to be like you in terms of learning? Right. So if you want them to be learners for life, then you need to be one. That's the real kicker. Number three is I love this one, you guys. It's honor their interests. Oh, and so and what this what what we mean by this is you actually have to stop for a second and study your child. Mm-hmm. Understand what they're interested in. Take interest in what your kids want to learn. Um and and realize that hey, maybe something that they're really interested in is something that they can't do without you. And so maybe that's going to take a little bit of sacrifice on your part as a parent mm-hmm. where you're going to have to say no to something else that maybe you wanted to do for a short season so that you can say yes to committing to learning this new thing with your kid. Yeah. And I would say that's more true for when the kids are younger. Um, when the kids are older, um, it might also be true too, depending on what it is that they want to learn. But I, I will tell you some of my best memories are of of our older kids when i look back over their childhood are saying no to doing certain um things so that we could say yes to really diving in and learning something i remember when kelsey was really getting into sewing mm-hmm. and i didn't know how to sew mm-hmm. So i'm bringing this up because many of you go might go well my kid wants to do sewing or canning or mm-hmm. wants to do something and i have no idea how <laughs> to do it Well, okay, so I didn't know how to sew, but my daughter wanted to learn how to. So I went to Joanne Fabrics with her, and we asked some questions of the ladies that were working there, and we got a couple books to teach us, and we invited my mom to come over and to show us a few things. And then when Isaac's mom was over, she showed us how to quilt because Mm. she knows how to quilt. And then Kelsey was able to work on a project for herself, and then eventually – Between those two lessons that she had, one with each grandma, and then having these books that taught her step-by-step how to make little wallets, she started making little wallets, and then she started selling them for like $11 each. But I didn't know how to do that. And so two encouragements with that, 
you have to be humble enough to not say no to the things that you don't know how to do Amen. and only yes to the things you do know how to do. The second encouragement with that is you don't always have to be the expert. You can mm-hmm. ask other people into your life to help you teach those things hence, you don't know. Hence the beauty of creating proactive learners. If you do, if you initiate these principles when they're young, when they're older, they actually sometimes don't even need a person. There's YouTube videos. There's resources. There's sometimes they just need you pointing them to resources right. and and coaching them. You can. I do this all the time in the business side of me. Is coaching people to do th- extraordinary things I've never done before. It's because you can coach them. And point them to the expertise. Another point to what Angie was talking about, especially on the husband side, the father side, is make sure you don't only point them in directions of your passions when you were their age. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I played That's good. football and I did this. And so my kids are going to follow the same blueprint. Well, you know what? They're probably going to be really good at it because they have your DNA and you're going to really coach them. You have the expertise. But just because someone's good at something doesn't mean that's the best option for them. Yeah. And so we have to watch that. And they're going to do things that they get accolades and from us and encouragement from us in. So I would I think one of the challenges and blessings for my being a dad is I didn't grow up with that many interests, frankly, and (laughs) that many skills and expertises. Okay. So while that was at one point, I was wondering when we had our first kid and I was kind of thankful it was a daughter first because (laughs) I thought there was all these obligations on training a son since I'm the dad. And I'm like, oh, Angie's got lots of skills and expertise. It's a daughter. So that'll be, I have a little more time. What's so funny about this this is we have seven sons now. (laughs) (laughs) And then then I'm like, and then I realize, well, I'm going to be the dad that learns with them. And I'm going to figure out with Angie what they love to do and figure it out. And we've just, we continue to oh continu- do that. We have some funny stories of things that our kids did. I remember when Kelsey was into ice skating. That was oh, like yeah. a three or four year thing. Neither yeah. of us knew how to ice skate, yeah. but she had ice skating lessons. <laughs> we encourage her. Oh, there's all kinds of things that you do as a parent, right? Um, but you guys, honoring their interests, their being the key phrase there, because if you want your kids to really love learning, especially when they're young, yeah. Letting them do something that they're interested in is just going to encourage them to keep learning other things. All right. So So number four. We got how to do it. Okay. This is some practical stuff here. So So you actually mentioned um, that YouTube videos is one way that kids can learn. And I just want to put that out there that, yeah, but especially when kids are younger, um, you definitely, and when your kids are older and still in your home, you still want to be involved in that process. Mm -hmm. I would never allow my kid when they are young to just have free access of the internet and YouTube. Even limited when they're older. Yeah. Yeah. Guided. So that is just a a warning out there. And so I would recommend that on the how to do it, if you don't know how to do it and you don't, um, and it's like an immediate thing, like you're trying to figure something out for right then, right in the moment. Mm -hmm. um, Yes, you can use the internet as a great resource, but you need to really like step away for a moment to look to find the thing and then bring it to your kids so that you know that there's no cussing in it. There's Mm -hmm. no weird commercials. Because sometimes YouTube has some weird ads and things. Well, um, and they, so they have things based on what you look at as a parent. 
So just be careful of yep. what you ever look at with your YouTube yep. account if you're going to use that with your kids. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we've had a lot of parents over the last couple of years go through the parenting mentor program who honestly, like a lot of them have said, hey, my kid accidentally saw this at a grandparent's house mm -hmm. when they were watching a YouTube video. Yeah, big I warning. can't even tell you the key being grandparent's house, YouTube. No, I mean, I think that the older generation is not as savvy with technology and maybe kind of unaware and far removed from the younger years and and far removed from protecting your kids' and innocence. Numb about commercials. And so, yeah. So I, I, I just, I'm not saying that as a blanket statement. I'm just saying it as a warning for you to evaluate if that's a situation um, to kind of put some boundaries around that. Okay. But yes, you can use the internet as a tool for sure um, regarding how to do it. Um, the second thing would be mentors. Like I mentioned yeah. the grandparents, we've also had a really good experience with biblical community with older, Amen. um, well with both older to us, but also younger to us and older to our children, yeah. um, brothers and sisters in Christ pouring into the kids so and teaching them things. Them. I mean, yeah. we have Amazing. right now we have an older gentleman that is likely going to be a neighbor who loves fishing. And that was not something that Isaac really grew up doing. Yeah. And so he has taken the, the teenagers as well as Isaac out fishing. And, and they that had was a on my preparedness list. We need to know how to actually catch fish, not just like, have a fishing pole with a line in the river. <laughs> but how to catch them, how to clean them, all yeah. the things. And I knew how to clean them and, and cook them. But um, so anyway, it was just a, it's a good thing to have people who have different skills in your community and to invite them to share those skills. I mean, how encouraging is it for that friendship? If you're like, hey, I recognize you're good at this. Will you come and teach me and my kids? Mm-hmm. So I, I just say that you could do that with canning, sewing, fishing, hunting. I mean, you name it, you can do that. Yeah. And so, and then of course there's virtual mentors through books as mm -hmm. well as online. Um, and books, I, I just have to put a little plug in here for how to do it with books. Mm -hmm. You can never go wrong investing in a book. What are the two things, Ange, you could always spend money on? Books and food. Good yes. food, healthy food. That was what we said when we were, what Isaac told me when we were first married. And, you know, having a library, especially in these days where censorship is definitely happening, um, I, I think that there is a need for people to understand the importance of having hard copy, like a, a good family library of resources yeah. for kids and grandkids. I know that's something that has been on our heart, and we have hundreds of books um, that we've invested in over the last 22 years. So if you don't know how to do it, Look it up in a book. Yeah, just think, just realize. I'm going to move on real quick, but look up the WHO organization in COVID 2.0. I think you have to Google something like that. Anyways, they did an analysis of what the next COVID is going to be. It's going to be a digital COVID where they have to turn off the internet worldwide for a period of time. And Wouldn't it be nice to things. have books so that you know how to garden and This grow isn't fear-based. This is something no, that ran an analysis on. And prior to COVID, the same group of people with Bill Gates and so forth did analysis on what would happen if something like a pandemic you know what? happened and, and actually, it all happened. And it, Candace Owens, is she on the Daily Candace Wire? Talks about it, yeah. She also talked about this in regards to a digital vaccination too, where they're potentially removing certain people based upon what they're teaching and what their political views are, or spiritual views are from the internet entirely. Again, this is something that they talked about so books, recently. Books are so important. books are important. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next thing, which is opportunities. Now this is really like, 
this is the clincher that will get your kids addicted to learning. Yes, you heard me, addicted to learning. Most parents have a hard time with getting their kids to read. We have had a few voracious readers in our family, but I would say across the board, all of our kids love to learn new skills. Mm -hmm. And there is a proactive learning environment in our home where people they get ideas and they go, I bet I could do that. Like, do your kids think that way? Are they addicted to opportunity? Are they looking around and going, oh, there's a problem. How can I solve it? Mm -hmm. And then trying to come up with a solution. And if they come to a a roadblock, they come to mom and dad, they research it, they figure out a solution to the roadblock in what they're doing. So that, that you guys, this is amazing. It is unbelievably amazing. Our kids, like I even think about like Luke, we've mentioned him with the essential oil shelves, right? One of the opportunities for him was that he was able to try and sell some. Talk about being appreciated. When Mm -hmm. someone is willing to pay for your product that you've created, don't you feel validated? It's amazing. If if, If someone pays you for your service, don't you feel validated? You feel so encouraged and Mm -hmm. you're like, you want to keep doing it. It makes you alive, right? And our kids can all experience that as well, doing all kinds of things, whether it's moving water lines for a neighbor or mowing a neighbor's lawn or taking out the garbage for an elderly lady in the neighborhood, walking dogs, babysitting. Those are all opportunities where your kids can work hard and be validated. It's on purpose in our family. It's always been important to us that our kids learn how to make a profit, not just a wage. Wage is good too, honorable, amazing, but also a profit because you never know. They might need to be entrepreneurial. In fact, if you've listened to our previous podcast, I think everybody needs to learn how to be entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. these days. Yeah. And it is a skill that can be learned. Now, some people are definitely going to be more wired to be better at it, that it's more like how they were created. Um, But the reality is, is I would even say, even if someone is um, wanting to do something that is a wage job, they should probably know how to and have multiple streams of income yeah. With something that is not dependent upon an employer. So what are what are opportunities we can create when kids are really little? So when they're really little, obviously gardening is one thing. Um chickens. We have had yeah. chickens where the kids have had to take care of the chickens and then they get to sell the eggs and they get appreciated for their hard work. But guess what? There was a lot of learning that went into, okay, how do we need to build mm-hmm. the coop? How do we learning about how to take care of chicks, learning about the different foods when they're molting, learning how to hatch eggs. Like there's just so many aspects to taking care of animals and farm life. That's one perfect example. Another thing is don't just be the answer giver. You may know the answer. Just because you know the answer doesn't mean you give it. Some people feel really good when someone asks them a question, giving an answer. Yeah. And you might always do it because it's second nature to you. Don't always do it. Depending on the age, hold it back and go, that's such a good question. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I have an answer, but I want to hear what you think. And then a lot of times they're going to say something close to right or right. And you go, you're exactly right. What are you creating in them? You're creating a reliance on proactive learning, on on figuring out the answer mm-hmm. about their brain asking the question before they go ask somebody else. It's mm-hmm. good that they struggle to find an answer before you give them an answer. Now, this mm-hmm. isn't absolutely true in every circumstance. Sometimes 
a young kid, you just tell them the answer. And sometimes it can be annoying to a kid if you just <laughs> never give them an answer. So you have to be discerning about this. But you, this is a coaching skill, okay, is you let them come up with it. And then you go, and if it's not true, you go, you know, that's a good stab at it. It's a good try, but here's actually what mm -hmm. it is. But good job trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. You're creating proactive learners with that one little change. You're going to be amazed at the difference it makes. It's true. So we actually have a scripture that we want to share with you guys. Yeah, we are in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart Do not and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make straight your paths. We put this at the end because we don't want you to have anxiety. Because sometimes when we do these podcasts and they have a lot of points, you might be thinking, wow, that's a lot. And I have some things to figure out. And I wasn't writing notes when I listened to this because I was doing something or driving or whatever. And I just want you to know that even if you forget some of this stuff mm -hmm. or if you're concerned about some of the stuff and you're wondering how to do it, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make you straight your paths. Ask the Lord to calm any anxiety you have about anything in your parenting. You know, and a lot of parents, too, are in this position where they're contemplating and still considering if they're going to homeschool or not. And so, you know, obviously we want to equip, we want to encourage you guys, we want to exhort you in the word. And what the scriptures that Isaac just read, one of the points that it's a second part of the first verse that says, lean not on your own understanding. We're talking about cultivating a proactive learning mm -hmm. environment in your home. Lean not on your own understanding should be the tagline for that, right? Amen. And so you guys, if you need more help or need more encouragement in regards to homeschooling, I just want to share with you that we have a course called the Homeschooling Blueprint Course. Yep. If you go to CourageousParenting.com and you click on the menu, there is a tab right there for the Homeschooling Blueprint. And it has six teaching videos in it where we talk about all different topics regarding um, different learning styles, how to actually identify what the learning style is in your child, um, what your learning style is, what so because that's going to give you insight into what your teaching style is going to be. We talk about the different ways that you can teach school. We talk about curriculums. Mm -hmm. We talk about leaving a legacy, vision for homeschooling. It's really ideal for anyone, regardless of if you've been homeschooling Amen. for 10 years or if you are just getting started. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We hope this was helpful to you. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.